The views and opinions of the following show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. Is the Uncle Devin's show. Come on, Uncle Devin's show. Do you want to have some fun? Yeah, yeah. You want to learn Happy something Monday, too? Washington, DC, now, and this the is area, what you and those do. listening all around the world on the WOLGC News website. This is Uncle Devin, the children's drum cushionist, and I am honored and blessed to be able to come back to you again for another beautiful day here as we talk about the importance that music plays in a child's development and uh, and hopefully eradicate what I call music adultification. That's where we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music instead of age-appropriate and culturally relevant music. And today's show is brought to you by I Am We Nation Radio, the first 24-7 online music radio station with an urban twist. There you're going to hear some hip-hop, you're going to hear some reggae, you're going to hear some jazz, you're going to hear some go-go, you're going to hear a little bit of everything, but it's uh, children's music that is age-appropriate. You can just go to IamWeNation.com, and we is spelled W-E-E with two E's, uh, and go to .com, hit the play button, and enjoy 24-7 listening music. I am so honored and happy to be here today. I'm, um, I'm right in the middle of uh, Fest 2019. Ukefest 2019 is taking place at the Strathmore uh, Arts Center in Bethesda, Maryland. Now, I started playing the uke about five years ago. Now I'm teaching a class, uh, actually four classes, and I'm combining both the ukulele and drums. And one of my workshops was called Strumming is Drumming. Uh, and, and part of what I do is try to show how uh, the rhythms of ukulele, if you understand the genre, then you can play any types of music. And I'm going to, in fact, we're gonna, I'm going to have some fun uh, with our guest in just one moment uh, as we, uh, we talk about uh, some reggae music. I'm going to talk about the what, what makes the reggae music, uh, what's the, the, the rhythm that generally plays, that's played on that. But also, um, later on at, at 1230, I'm going to have uh, a good friend and a wonderful uh, educator, musician, and blogger, Joy Mallory. Myrily that's going to be uh, calling on in just a moment. Um, she is a phenomenal children's artist, but what she's done in the field of being a blogger and an influencer is, is wonderful. And I know it would help um, anyone that's interested in, in blowing up in that direction. So she's going to be coming to us at the 1230 hour. But right now, I am honored. In fact, I, she just told me that this is the first time she's ever done radio. So I am honored. She can always put this down on her resume. I will put it on my resume that she came to my show first on the radio show. I have the one and only Breanne James, kid reporter. Uh, and you may have seen her, and hopefully you have seen her, uh, when she was a guest on NBC's Little Big Shot. And I just want to welcome her to the Uncle Devin Show. Welcome, Brianne. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. And um, and I, I, I'm just, I, I'm, uh, first of all, I just want to thank you for your energy, your love, and your passion for what you do. It's very, very, very important. And we also have your mother uh, here, Shernette. Sh- 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 is that correct? Shernette, Sh- correct. Yes. Okay. And so we're going to be interviewing you all for the, uh, you know, having have some fun and talking a little bit. But first and foremost, if no one has ever heard of you, how would you describe yourself? Oh, 
in like adjectives? Or just in general. If oh. if you had to describe yourself, how would you describe I would say that I'm a very motivated person or at least I try to be. Uh-huh. I always try my best at anything and Oh, let me see. Man, why is it so hard to talk about myself? <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you what. How about this? So, first of all, how old are you? I'm 11 years old. 11 years old. Okay. And you're called the kid reporter. Yes, I okay. am. Okay. Why a kid reporter? Well, what do you do? Um, basically, what I do is um, I try to find things that I'm passionate about and report on them. For example, last summer, um, my mom and I made a video about the ten, um, at the Tenley Town Library. And mm-hmm. since I am a complete bookworm, that was something that I was very excited to film because I think that on the news, sometimes people can report about things that they're, they don't really care about. And then you can t- kind of tell that they don't really care about it because you don't hear that passion in their voice. Mm-hmm. So as a kid reporter, I want to make kid-appropriate content that kids will enjoy and mm. maybe I can relate to other people that way they won't feel like they're all alone because wow. I know sometimes I'm like the only person reading a specific book yes. and I'm I just feel so lonely because I can I can't talk to anyone else about it well I saw one of your interviews where you went in and did a uh, kind of an examination of one of the local libraries oh, yes. yeah talk a little bit about that and how people can can look at that well, um, let me see. My mom and I were just having a day in D.C. Yes. And my mom brought her camera along with her, as she does pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, as I said before, I'm a bookworm, so I love reading. And we were like, okay, you know what? Let's take this opportunity and try to just make a video out of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I was hoping this summer to do like a tour around D.C. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I've been very busy, so I'm not sure if I'll get to do that, but hopefully I mm-hmm. will. Okay. Um, but basically what I did is I took, like, down, I, last year I was um, reading the Spirit Animals book series, mm-hmm. and I was able to find, like, books in there that I liked and, like, share those with other people. Mm-hmm. And I also um, <laughs> I also went straight to the clearance rack. Yeah, I saw that. Yes, you taught me something about that. Yes, the clearance rack was $2. great. $2, so that was very, very special. Ah, so who knows? Um, go to your library. Go to the clearance rack. Yeah, yes. for $1.50, you know, however much it is there okay but as i said before i like to relate with people and i don't know i think my mom and i aren't the only ones that love the clearance rack right yeah but right. <laughs> and it's not something you should be embarrassed about okay if you like the clearance rack we do too so you're not alone okay right right <laughs> you're not alone well let me ask you this now you no matter whether you were on the uncle Devin show or on little big shots you still no matter what you are who you are so, uh, but I'm glad that you've been getting the exposure that you've been getting. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of your exposure. Now, you were on NBC's Little Big Shot. When were you on there? Uh, let me see. I believe that we filmed in the summer, like July of 2016. Okay. And mm-hmm. the show actually aired since it was season two. It aired May 31st, 2017. And okay. I remember that date because my grandfather was actually in the hospital during that time. Uh-huh. And then he got to watch it. Because my grandmother and my dad were there, so they put it on for him. Uh-huh. And then the day after he died, but we don't talk about that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's okay. That's kind of sad. But well, you know yeah. what? But you know, he was pro- he probably went and just knew that. Oh, she's in good shape. I'm mm-hmm. good. So yeah, that's wonderful. So what was that experience like? So you met Steve Harvey? Yes, I did. <laughs> so tell, talk a little bit about that. Um. Well, when I, I I was about eight at the time, so like I was kind of jittery, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in front of like tons and tons of people. <laughs> and um, so I went out um and. For that, you know how they have like the little TV in the back where they show the talent of the kid. They will show their audition video or 
something that they do, mm -hmm. whatever their talent is. So I was a little reporter, and mm -hmm. I went around the Warner Brothers Studios interviewing people on a tour, asking them about Steve Harvey. Okay. And I can't remember all the questions that I asked, but I got some very, very funny, <laughs> <laughs> some very funny responses. I remember one... Um, Teen that I asked, he, mm -hmm. um, I said, when you look at this man, and it was a picture of Steve Harvey, what would you think he would do for a job? And he said, I think that he would sell CDs at a shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I also may or may not have um, sort of um, said to everyone that my dad's sort of bald, uh -huh. um, and that I may or may not have told Mr. Steve Harvey that his mustache looks fake. But you know, um, <laughs> I won't clarify. Just go ahead and watch it for yourself and find out. <laughs> well, you know, television does wonders for people. I can tell you that. Okay, so when you were on the show, what did you end up doing on the show? Um, well, I didn't really sing or dance or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so my talent that I auditioned with was my reporting video, and I actually had been on the news previously mm -hmm. for, I think it was, I believe it was Fox 5 DC. Yes. And that was my first time ever on the news. I was seven, so it was the um, January of 2016, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I had done like a snow video because that was like the biggest snowfall that I've ever seen in my like 11 years of living in Maryland. <laughs> okay. And... I did a whole report on that, mm -hmm. and then they reached out to me, mm -hmm. well, me and my mom, mm -hmm. and um, they took that video clip, and that's the clip that my mom sent to the little big shots, like mm -hmm. producers that were handling everything, mm -hmm. and that was my audition video. I also had another audition video that I did where I just told them a bit about myself, okay. and that's pretty much how I got on the show. Wow, okay, and and I'm gonna ask your moms a couple of questions. Now, being a mother of, uh, of, of, of Brienne and, you know, getting her, in, you know, into this whole industry a little bit, uh, in fact, I don't know if uh, uh, the mic is on, but if not, we, we can we can hear you. So talk a little bit about how is it being a parent? What are, uh, when did you first notice that she had this gift? I think, like, I never saw it as a gift, to be honest okay. with you, but I remember at two years old, she would sit and she would look at Oprah, like at her mouth wow. moving. <laughs> and then we could be in a room and Christian Amanpour would come on uh -huh. and her she would just light up. So she's always been interested in the voice mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. you have a great voice by the way. Oh, well, thank yeah. You. yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> always been fascinated by it. It's really weird because mm -hmm. but I never really saw it as a gift per se until I mean she's made tons of videos, we just don't post them all. Right. But I mean, she was always getting compliments that, you right. know, oh, she speaks so well. And, right. you know, so it was just, we just kind of like fell into it. Okay. But I think now that she's 11, she's actually realizing that it's actually like a gift and her passion because, right. you know, you mentioned Little Big Shots, but I remember mm -hmm. her walking around the studio and the lot and hanging with the kids who were like drummers and dancers mm -hmm. and singers. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, what's your talent? And she's like, um, what's my talent, mom? You know? <laughs> so, but now she's realizing it. Um, you know, yeah. she's recently did interviews with Andy um, Sullivan from the Washington oh, Spirit. Yeah, Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson. Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson. Okay. So I think now she's really owning mm -hmm. that, you know, okay. I can do a lot with this. So you um, have your own talk show, though. Or you're developing your I'm own talk show. It's in, develop it's oh, okay. in development. Now, um, from what I saw earlier, is that online for people to see the interviews? It will or? be on you know, the Brian James show yes. on YouTube, um, Twitter. Uh -huh. Hopefully we'll get okay. some stuff out before the but you do, ends, But you do have but a YouTube page now um, yes. underneath your name, Brian. The Bree Channel. The Brie Channel. Yeah. Okay, how yeah. do you spell that in case someone's um, listening? Well, it's T-H-E space B-R-I space. 
channel. Yeah, channel. Okay, good. C H A N N E L. Now, yeah. from what you showed me, and you all going to be, um, I mean, I was very impressed that you actually interviewed a couple of very high-profile actresses. Uh, who, who did you just interview? Oh, um, I interviewed the one and only Mindy Kaling and oh. the amazing and incredible Emma Thompson on Mindy's new movie that just came out in June, Late Night. Oh, really? Wow. In fact, Mindy and I, I was talking, I, I'm very familiar with Mindy from uh, The Office. Yeah, you see her yeah. on, on that crazy show. <laughs> and um, so talk a little bit. So what did you interview them? What, uh, what, what were what was it like interviewing them? And um, were they? What, how would you describe them as, as just, you know, who they are? Um, well, usually when I think of actors or actresses, I think like they're like some superhero. And like yeah. I'm here and they're like all the way up there because yeah. they're so famous. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like nervous at first because I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, what if they're like, oh, it's a kid interviewing us? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then when they walked in, like, I don't know, like the like Emma's aura was just like kind. Uh -huh. And then Mindy's was Mindy was just she was great. Like I could tell yeah. that. They were going to be respectful people. Mm -hmm. They were going to be kind. And even, like, some people, if a kid was interviewing them, they would, like, talk down to them like a baby. But they were, like, they actually treated me as a respected individual. Exactly. Which I think was very nice. Right. And um, they were both just great. They were really funny. Emma was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have to say, um, Mindy and Emma, I this may sound weird, but they have really nice, crisp crisp voices oh really if that makes sense <laughs> yeah like, <'Cause> they're <laughs> voices like, yeah. like do you ever hear someone's voice and you're just like oh my gosh yeah. that, like uncle Danny. Well, yeah uncle Danny, exactly. right? <laughs> well, i don't were, know about that but <laughs> <laughs> they were just so pleasant to be around and i wish i could have hung out with them for longer but it was just great to meet them they oh. were so nice kind yeah. funny just great Okay. Well, you know, now you are an actress. Uh, you're an actress. Mm -hmm. uh, you are. Did I say here dancer? No, oh, not no, dancer. Not, 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 dan not dancer. Okay, but you're an actress, and also you play the ukulele. At least you have the ukulele. You're learning the ukulele. Yes, I'm learning the ukulele. Okay. When we come back, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, I brought my ukulele, and let's see if we can work on a couple of things. Play some music together and um, just see where we go with that, okay? So don't go anywhere. Um, in about 60 seconds, we're going to check the news and the, and the weather. And we'll be right back on the Uncle Devin Show. Don't go anywhere. And we're back. You're listening to the Uncle Devin Show here on WOL 1450 AM, 95.9 FM here in the Washington, D.C. DMV area. And we say DMV. You know, my mother was asking the other day, what does DMV mean? You know, we've been in this area all the time, but we're really talking about D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. But I want to uh, welcome everyone that's listening um, on the World Wide Web. Uh, and you you have here in the studio audience the one and only uh, Breanne James, a kid reporter who was featured on many different shows, including NBC's Little Big Shot. Uh, and we were, right before we went to a break, we were talking a little bit about the work that she does. And the reason why I'm, I'm honored for her to be here is that, you know, one of the reasons why I started this show here on WOL was this is the first time in Radio One's history that I'm familiar with that they've ever done anything related to children and children's music, rather. Okay, but it's not just Radio 1. If you look at any of the black-owned radio stations in particular, uh, no one is really doing any children's programming. 
Now, we mentioned Disney. Well, Disney is the, the, the mega of children's music. Um, but for some reason in our own community, we haven't embraced that level of it. And so you are a pioneer and, le- and leading the trend in this area. Yeah, I mean, honestly. And, and part, of, part of, it sounds like what you're looking to do is to be able to connect with other children. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has been the response from other children to, to you and what you've been doing? Well, let me see. Um... Or uh, in school or anything like that. Oh, in school. Well, I remember when I was in third grade, my teacher showed my little Big Shots videos on like the Promethean board. Uh And I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to see this. And everyone else was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) Brigand met Steve Harvey? (laughs) And like, um, let me see, my friends, they're like, oh my gosh, go Brigand, yes, yes, girl. (laughs) Overall, it's been positive, I think. They cheer me on. As, as I said, me. I think once she developed her confidence and realized, oh, this is something that is needed Absolutely. and that I can work with, I think it's working a lot better for her because initially she was so shy because, again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you think of youth talent, you're thinking a dancer, a That's singer, right. a right. gymnast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like, oh, I can't go out and flip. I can't, you know, so she yeah. really, you know, so we really highlight folks mm-hmm. who really use their voices That's to right. impact lives in positive ways. So Absolutely. So she's embracing that as she gets older yes so i think the response is also different because she's more confident in that way and don't ever forget that the voice and the body was the first musical instrument in the world before there was anything else it was the voice what's what does a baby do when a baby first come into the world cry it cries (laughs) it's, it's saying i'm here and so that is an art form. And don't ever forget, don't ever let no one tell you that it's not an art form because it is an art. Um, all of us have it, but some of us are able to cultivate it a little bit differently. Um, so now I want to I'm going to bring in this ukulele a little bit because right now I'm doing um, I'm performing at uh, the well, not performing. Um, I'm teaching at the Uke Fest 2019 in Bethesda, Maryland. And for those who are in the DMV area or want to make a trip uh, on Wednesday night, we're having a free outdoor concert. Uh, there's about a probably over 200 Uke students that are participating, and uh, that day we're going to have the teachers that's going to be doing the live show. Um, I'm going to be sitting in on drums for, with, with everyone, but there's a six-time Grammy Award winner, Daniel Ho, uh, um, is just absolutely. Whoa. Matter of fact, you can if you come, if you want to interview them, I can get you interviews with all of them. Thank you. Um, so I sat in with Daniel Ho, and I it was just remarkable. But also, the organizers is none other than two-time Grammy Award winners, Kathy and Marcy. They just reproduced their 48th CD. Wow. 48 oh CDs, and they would love to meet you and be interviewed. <laughs> I can already speak for them on that. But uh, that's on Wednesday at the Strathmore in Bethesda, Maryland, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Uh, that will be uh, t- today's the 19th on the 21st of August. So won't you come on out to do that? But one of the things I'm talking to and teaching some of the artists about is uh, the, 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 the ukulele. And the ukulele is just a beautiful instrument. Um, in fact, I will, uh, play a C chord for me. Oh, okay. Okay, that's the C chord. Now, what I'm teaching them is about rhythm. And and uh now you you're of Jamaican um background, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's talk let's just deal with reggae music. Uh most people, you know, we count music. Let's just take the the C chord and we'll 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 use you as an example to talk about this and then we're going to get back to I want to make sure we talk about your shoe drive and oh, your yes. t-shirts, okay? So, let's just take four quarter notes. 1 2 3 Four. We're going to do the uh, C chord four times, okay? okay? Ready, go. One, two, three, 
four. Okay. Now with reggae music, reggae music has its uh, it really focuses on the two and the four. So it'll be like one, two, three, four. So when I count it, I want you to only play on the two and the four. Okay. One, okay. two, ready, go. One, two, three, four. 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 Okay, now, now give me the F. Four, one. One, two, three, C. Back to the C. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, I will play some song that you might be familiar with, um, but I, for copyright reasons, I can't do it on here. But uh, So I was teaching um, all types of rhythms between that and the bossa nova, um, where you have some more intricate rhythms like a... So this is a wonderful thing. So just with you sitting here, I'm going to have to talk to Kathy and Marcy because maybe we have to do a um, uh, the Uke Fest for kids. Yeah. You know, where we can come in because, like, uh, we're doing some songs in some of the workshops that we have that's going to be phenomenal. So let's talk a little bit about um, your shoe drive. We're talking about Jamaica. Yes. Talk to everyone. What, what's your shoe drive all about and, and why did you start it? Okay. Well, I started my shoe drive about technically two years ago but this is my third time doing it mm -hmm. i started it in 2017 mm -hmm. okay and um well since my mom was born and well born and raised in jamaica she immigrated here when she was like about 18 or 19 mm -hmm. and um she would she went to school in jamaica and there they have a very strict dress code i don't know if they've changed it now but when my mom, when my mom was going mm -hmm. their dress code was very strict mm -hmm. and i remember my mom was saying that um she didn't have any all-black shoes to wear to school, so she tried using um, polish, I think, or like dye mm -hmm. to paint around it, right. and that worked. But then the day that she was going to school, it was raining, oh. so her paint started to come off, and then yeah. she got detention and went to the principal's office just because wow. her shoes weren't all black. Oh, so no. um, what I've been doing ever since then is I try to collect 1,500 pairs of black shoes. Mm -hmm. I've never, I haven't reached my goal yet, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll reach it this year or maybe next year. Mm -hmm. um, we don't just collect black shoes. Um, we will also take in any other shoes, but the black shoes are just specifically going to be for the shoe drive. Mm -hmm. But we donate other shoes to Jamaica as well. Mm -hmm. um, let me see. I think we just had a pretty big shipment that we shipped off, shipped off to Jamaica. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in there were about like close to 100 pairs of shoes, which wow. is really good. There were also some other pairs that weren't all black shoes, so that's also very good. Okay. Um, I'm hoping to collect more. I'll be collecting pretty much all year round. Mm -hmm. And if you would like to donate, mm -hmm. then I guess if you have any black shoes that aren't in too bad condition, mm -hmm. they're like mediocre, you, they can still be worn, mm -hmm. um, just please donate. It would be a great help. Even okay. if you have other shoes, you can go out to buy shoes. You don't have to. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so that's basically where it all started. So how, do, how does one donate? Well, you can. Um, I actually have a nonprofit called One Love for Kids. Okay, so what is it called? 
One Love for Kids. One Love for Kids. Okay. Yeah, number four. And sorry, guys, I wasn't planning on being on air today. So <laughs> See, I, I tricked you. I did not prep. But anyways, yeah, so I have a nonprofit I've been doing for about 12 years. And Brian has been a part of that since she was like two. Okay. Um, so we would travel back and forth with her. Mm-hmm. But um, they can go to One Love for Kids to donate donate there. Mm-hmm. If they're on Facebook, there's a Brian and Friends Shoe Drive. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys can add the link to mm-hmm. your page. Yes. There's a Brian and Friends Shoe Drive. Okay. And they can go there mm-hmm. um, they can also look for Brienne James on on, on Facebook mm-hmm. um, to support the project there okay and okay. lastly um, I'm not sure if you want her to talk sure. about no, the t-shirt no, it, 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 but initially yeah. we started yeah, show out, off the t-shirt. yeah. Yes. <laughs> initially we started out just collecting shoes and we realized that it wasn't very effective even with yeah. our friends it wasn't very effective mm-hmm. and we recognize that folks may want something tangible mm-hmm. which is how um, her campaign came about with the kindness shirts, mm-hmm. and I'll have her, her elaborate yeah, more yeah. on the kindness mm-hmm. campaign. And, and what does your shirt say? Um, well, my shirt, I'm not sure if you can see it because I'm kind of like... Well, and I, I, I am going live on Facebook, but most people are listening on radio. So if oh, you had yes. to describe it on radio, well, what would it, what would it say? It is a blue shirt, sort of like a cerulean color, I would say, which is my favorite shade of blue, personally. <laughs> See. And in white print, um, like in the middle of the shirt, it says, Kindness is a universal language. Speak it. Oh, okay. All and right. And then I also have another shirt that's black. It has a similar design to this, um, but also Charity. in white print, it, is, it says, Charity is a universal language. Speak it. And I recently just got some new sweatshirts, but if you're not living in Australia and it's <laughs> it's pretty warm where you live, I probably wouldn't recommend those now. <laughs> Get them in the winter. <laughs> but, but, the, but the focus is on, like, you know, she sells the shirts and then she, you know, buys the shoes. So whatever's oh, not okay. donated, we'll just purchase okay. from T-shirt sales. So if I want to and purchase a shirt, then do I also go to One one Love for Kids? Um, no, BrianneJames513.com. Okay. Bri- that's, that's B-R-I-A-N-N-E-J-A-M-E-S. The number is 513.com. Okay, because I'm going to go in there later today and purchase my shirt. Thank you. <gasps> yes, I will I'll look forward to that. Um, and so in terms of, uh, and, and first of all, let me just commend you for the work that you're trying to do to help other people. That's where everything starts. If, um, you know, in order to receive anything in life, you got to first give. That's just definitely. a universal principle. Yes, and definitely. and when you give, you don't give to receive, but it automatically comes. It automatically happens. Mm-hmm. It's just an, a, a natural thing. Let's talk a little bit about music. We had the ukulele. What's your favorite music genre? Oh, boy, is that hard. Um, <laughs> or, say, or, or multiple ones do you have? Oh, well, I would say that I'm kind of like an oldies, okay. 80s, 70s, 90s Oh, My, my wife would love to hear that. <laughs> um, I do listen to some modern music, but I would say like my favorite genres would probably be like, oh, I'm, t- I'm trying to think. Um, I am a fan of like Johnny Clegg and Miriam Makiba. Uh-huh. I'm not exactly sure which genre. Yeah, I was. In. I mean, they'll Africa, say world. Maybe I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Africa. Yeah. I would say the, the African because uh, yeah. I mean Miriam Makiba. I love it. I used to work with um, uh, you know organizer when he was live. Uh, uh, her, her ex husband. Um, Steve Coakley, Phony Stokely, Carmichael, and uh, yeah. I'm not Steve. I'm sorry. Let's say Steve Coakley. All my friends are gonna kill me for that. <laughs> uh, Kwame Ture, uh, okay. formerly Steve, uh, formerly uh, Stokely Carmichael. But so, so you, uh, so you, so you deal with the African traditional music. Yeah. Okay. Reggae. I'm also yeah reggae. I do like just like 60s and 80s like Queen. I'm recently becoming like I'm recently liking the Beatles now. I'm not sure how that. Oh happened. yes, <laughs> that's great. 
Okay, the Beatles. And um, how about now? Like, um, there's some uh, the, the number one hit song that's out. It's been out for 17 weeks. Is, um, Old Town Road. Everybody's talking about that song. I mean, I you know, I I I love the fact that that he was able to combine country music with some of the hip hop. But um, uh, are are there any popular? Um, are you into? Because I'm I'm not really a big pop person. So are you into much of the pop music? I mean, I'll listen to pop. You know, um, I'll listen to Ariana Grande every now and yes. then because her voice is just angelic. Yes. Um, the Old Town Road like phase, I never really caught on to that. Yeah. Like when everyone else was singing it, I was just like, what? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little trendy for me, but. Yeah, um, but I'm, I get it. But you know, we like uh, Katy Perry. Katy, like okay. Katy Perry. Beyonce. <laughs> yes, everyone loves Beyonce. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put you on hold. I'm gonna have you stay with me again. We gotta go back to another break. Um, uh, right here, top of the hour. We're gonna go. I'm also have my next artist uh, coming up. Stay with me. Don't go anywhere. We got some more wonderful show coming to you in just a minute. This is the Uncle Devin Show on WOL. Stay tuned. Uncle Devin Show. This is the Uncle Devin. And we're back. You know, that's my theme song, you know. You know, every superhero has to have a theme song. <laughs> yeah, I did. I wrote it. Yes. I did it. Now, even though I'm a ukulele player, um, a good buddy of mine did the guitar part, uh, which uh, is just really him You're doing just the guitar. A of talent. And then, um, I know, he right? Did the drums. So, yeah, so we're going to, so we have to, maybe we have to work on a theme song for you. If you have something, we can come up with some yeah, artists, right. come up with your own theme song. Something catchy. <laughs> well, you. Well, you're listening to the Uncle Devin Show here on WOL 1450 AM, 95.9 FM here on Radio 1. And the purpose and the goal of this show is to teach parents, uh, teachers and guardians about the importance that music plays in a child's development and to eradicate what I call music adultification. That's where we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music. And my guest in studio, uh, Bri uh, Brianne James, a kid reporter, you may have seen her on NBC's Little Big Shot, but she also is uh, her own, uh, I mean, she's growing, she has a wonderful presence, a wonderful personality, she's interviewing individuals now, and, and we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna really, any people that I interview, I'm going to pass them on to you so that you can interview them for your show as well. Oh, thank so, you. so you have a partner here with me. And in fact, maybe you can help me interview my next guest. Oh. I don't know if you've ever, you may not have ever met her before, um, but we have uh, a good friend of mine that I met in 2012, I believe it was, oh, or wow. was it 2013? We were in Brooklyn, New York at the kid, uh, it was called KindyCom. This is a conference where all children's music artists come together. And we just talk business, the whole thing about the business from the music, from uh, the business side of things. And she's an educator, musician, a blogger, influencer. Uh, she has a wonderful children's CD and a beautiful, beautiful family. If you go to her blogs, you'll see it. Uh, good friend, Joy Marley. Welcome to the Uncle Devin Show, Joy. Hi, Devin. Can right. you hear me clearly? Yes, we can hear you great. Can you hear her fine? I can yes. hear her, yes. Okay. Yes. Well, welcome. Yes. How, how are things going for you today? Everything is going really well. I'm excited to be on your show, I guess, more formally. I know I just called in a few weeks ago. Yeah, that, but but and, and I'm glad to even have you here because of the work that you've done. And and like I said, I have my, um, I have, I'm going to call her my co-host for the rest of this show, uh, Brianne James, that's going to uh, uh, help us interview you and talk a little bit um you know, just, just kind of share a little bit about, about the work that you're doing. So 
Now, the last time you was on the show, you talked. We talked about a whole uh, number of things, but I, I introduced mm-hmm. you as an educator, musician, and blogger influence. Let's take each one of them separately. Let's talk about educator. Okay. What do you do in the field of education? So, um, I, I guess I'll, I'll rewind. Um, okay. I was a music teacher for about 14 years in urban public and charter schools in New York City. Uh-huh. Um, prior to that, I was I was doing mommy and me classes, teaching kids as young as 18 years old right out of, um, right out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was teaching early childhood music all through college. I had a mentor that kind of got me in the work. Um, but I went to school um, for music education because I played classical clarinet. I really thought I was going to be in the New York Philharmonic okay. when I graduated. And um, I, you know, I guess my, my dreams moved on, and I, I just really loved teaching. Yes. So I thought that I would stay in the classroom forever. Yes. Um, but one of the challenges that I had um, kind of leads me into being a musician um, was the fact that as a music teacher, there wasn't a lot of music that um, families and the kids really enjoyed for performances. Mm-hmm. And, and so this really, I, I love the purpose of your show talking about adultification of music, mm-hmm. that generally because there isn't a lot of content, for kids um, that's intended to be sung by children, mm. um, uh, oftentimes, I, I don't know if, if you probably look up graduations on YouTube, if the, the, you know, the song, I Believe I Can Fly, which I'm sure yes. people won't be singing anymore, <laughs> right. but uh, it was, um, that is the song that was yes. sung for, I mean, for probably a decade, because there wasn't any other positive content that kids could sing. And um, so the other thing that happens in schools is that people will take pop songs and then rewrite the lyrics Mm -hmm. to be, you know, kid friendly because they couldn't actually find music that's for children. And so um, I discovered my talent as a a singer or as a songwriter, I should say, just in trying to fill that void because I I didn't know what to if if I use the content that was out there intended to sing um, during our concerts, I would put the parents to sleep. And I didn't like using songs from the radio, um, changing words. I never liked that. Often the, the songs are not in the right key for kids. That meant you couldn't get an instrumental track. or So then the kids were singing on top of it. It was just very, it was tacky. So it was like I had, I had to find a way in. And so um, who's now my husband, we were dating at the time, was teaching me how to produce. Um, so I learned, and he was a hip-hop producer. And I learned how to produce tracks and use my music training combined with just the music that I grew up listening to to start creating children's music that had like this urban pop feel that both the families and the kids really enjoyed during performances. Okay. Um, and so that, that crossed over into two. So sorry. Okay. No, that's <laughs> great. No, no, no. And I think uh, Brianna want to ask you a question. Brianna want to ask you a sure. question. I'm sorry. Um, sure. So I noticed on your Instagram that you uh, do mommy and me music classes. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, um, that is correct. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so why, what gave you the idea to create these classes? What do you think is important about um, bonding between the parent and her child and music, how that all ties into that? Um, so it's kind of, I, I had moved into um, administration, and once I had a daughter, um, I was looking for an opportunity to spend more time with her. And so I recently re- resigned from, um, you know, being a leader in a school to, to make space for m- some of my creative adventures or ventures that I abandoned. And um, so I taught mommy and me classes when I was about 21 years ago in the middle of my career. At some point, I, I wrote the curriculum for another early childhood music class, very similar to this. 
And so now I'm like, I, I've done this for other people, for other organizations. It's time to do it for myself. And it's a way, what I love about it is the fact that I get to bring my daughter to work with me mm-hmm. while I do these classes. She's just over um, one years old, but I, I one year old. But I, I think that people underestimate the value of music at a very early age. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even as an elementary school music teacher, most parents, when I taught at kindergarten, the parents would come in and say, what instrument are they going to play? Not realizing there's so much that can be learned and so much that can be internalized before you pick up an instrument. Mm-hmm. And um, as a clarinetist, it's, I'm not taking away from the value of learning an instrument. Um, but I wish, I, when I was teaching private lessons, I had a flute student that was amazing, mm-hmm. but he couldn't read basic rhythms. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have a, a sense of, he couldn't you know, keep a beat, he couldn't keep the pulse of music. And um, all of that starts at a very young age. And I, um, you know, just with, with my daughter, we, uh, from, as, from, from the moment she was born, we were moving to the pulse of music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's extremely important. And, um, yeah, I think parents having those classes with their children instead of just sending them off to do something after school, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be the case once they get, you know, to elementary school, that right. these are great times for them at this age. Well, you know, I like I say, was it in 2012 that we met? I can't remember. Was tw- which which Kindycom did you first come to? I think it was 2012 I think or 2013. It was 2012. Okay. Yeah. Now, since then, I've seen you. I mean, I, I've just been amazed at uh, the level of growth that you've had, especially on social media. And we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. this before. I looked at mm-hmm. one of your Instagram videos. You had six thousand people that that liked the video, and yeah, and and we saw it growing it, it, you started off doing the music but it also when you started connecting with hair the importance mm-hmm. of i mean and, and you and how you were doing your hair naturally and then mm-hmm. also now how you are teaching your child sign language can you talk yeah. a little bit about that and, and and were you amazed at the you know how much people really were attracted to that Yes, I was. It was not my intention at all. If anyone has the energy to scroll down to my initial Instagram post, I had, you know, a few hundred um, friends like most people do or followers. And then um, I always loved styling my hair. I had locks at the time. I'm starting locks again now. Um, But I always loved styling hair. And so there was just one day that I decided that I was going to do a different style every day and post a picture of it just for my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And over the course of that week, I was... um, there's a woman called Francesca Ramsey who had a huge social media following because she had a show on NTV and she, she had locks and shared my picture and it just kind of took off from there. All of these different pages. I didn't realize at the time that there was such a big community, um, a national hair community and a, a lock community on Instagram and on social media at the time. So once my pictures of my styles got shared, it just kind of took on a life of its own to the point that I had to turn off notifications on my phone because my, phone battery was burning out from my phone lighting up by like 10 a.m. And I was just like, I didn't know that was going to happen. And so then my followers started asking me to post tutorials of how I styled hair. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Because again, my world was music. I was working on my album at the time. I was a music teacher. This was just a little thing that I did on the side, but it just took a life of its own. So I started a YouTube channel and then my videos, I, I, I ended, now I have 18,000 subscribers on YouTube for just what I was doing on the side. So right. I think this kind of relates to um, your point of there just not being a lot of space and perhaps not interest or desire for kids' content. Mm-hmm. Because I started my page 
mm-hmm. trying to talk about kids' music, but yes. there, there wasn't a lot of interest. But now that I've built a following just based on people who were first interested in my hair, then mm-hmm. once I got married and mm-hmm. had a baby um, and started teaching her sign language, mm-hmm. um, which is a component of my, my music class, people were just fascinated with my family because the influencer world is yeah. just very interesting. That once people like you for one thing, that yes. for the most part, they right. just want to listen to anything you have to say. Anything right. that you suggest, they want your advice on everything. Right. And so now I'm able to bring it full circle yes. and start to talk about music again. And yeah. um, I, I just, yeah, I think there's a void of positive black images out there. And I think that that's where my, my page and even the children's music is starting to fill that void. People want to see us in a positive light. Well, you know, on my last CD, uh, Be Yourself, I have a song on there called No Such Thing as Good or Bad Hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to do a video for it, but it's a you know the the first part of it um uh was a a, a phrase about um okay we got two minutes uh, uh a phrase about uh children um it's, it's younger um, now listen up y'all you know the other day I got a telephone call from a mother about her daughter in the school hall walking around just having a ball hey, her her name was Monet. Her skin mm-hmm. was midnight dark and smooth as clay with short kinky hair on display for all the world to see every day. But then and at the end, kids started laughing at her because she had kinky hair or she had hair that wasn't oh, the same as everyone else. And she started right. to cry. And then my whole song is there's no such thing as good or bad hair. And then we start talking about the positiveness of it. So right. and I just looked at one of your, uh, your Instagram posts. You had twenty eight thousand people that like one of your videos. So now I'm going to take a break because then also, Joy, when we come back with um, uh, with, with Rianne that's here, I don't know if you have any advice for her because she is uh, developing a nice following. She's. Uh, mm-hmm. getting access to interviewing some wonderful people. So I want to see if we can have uh, some type of conversations or some advice you might have for her. And she may even also have some sure. more questions for you. So don't, don't go anywhere. Sure. We're going to take another quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to Uncle Devin's show here on WOL 1450 AM, 95.9 FM. Stay tuned. All right, you back here with the Uncle Devin Show here on WL fourteen fifty AM ninety five point nine FM FM where information is power. Uh, this station, uh, this show is dedicated to eradicating music adultification. That's where we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music instead of age appropriate and culturally relevant music. My two guests um, on the telephone line is a, a phenomenal artist, educator. Uh, music blog blog influencer uh, Joy Marley. I always want to say Mallory, but it's Marley. 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 Okay, it's like almost like a Marley. Marley. Yeah. Okay. Yes, gotcha. Exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, and also in studio, I have the one and only uh, Brianne James, uh, kid reporter, and as you may have seen her on NBC's. Um, uh, with Steve Harvey and being interviewed by Steve Harvey and um, uh, a little big shots. That's what it is. Little big shots. In fact, Brianne now, um, and I don't know, I know you may have a question for joy that you like to ask as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, I can go ahead. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Just, just, um, you, you co-hosting, so you can just jump in when you're ready. So miss joy, I was just going to ask what role has music played in your life from the day that you were, well, from since your childhood to your adulthood, what, what role has it played? Um, it's funny that I was just, discussing this to some degree with my husband. I, I've been in music school since I was 
four years old. Um, and but I think it's my my mom played piano and just always had music or, uh around me and everything I did. And she found ways to include music in books. Um, how I learned how to spell my middle name, which Devin, you were struggling with. <laughs> yes. But um, I still like, I, I just have to hum it really quickly because I'll never forget it. It was like, M-A-R-I-L-I-E. That's the way you spell merrily. M-A-R-I-L-I-E. That's the way you spell merrily. And I will never forget it because that's how my mom taught me to spell my name. She found a way to infuse music into everything. And now, it is, for both my husband and I, who are who are musicians, it is our outlet. Like I don't I don't know what we do in our spare time. We're both talking about how having a daughter. We don't really have a lot of time to watch television. Mm-hmm. And our television, after two years, the Sony television is not working. Mm-hmm. We're both saying that it it kind of doesn't matter right. because we don't have a lot of space for it. Because what we really I I'm up in the middle of the night. We both are up all the time being creative, and mm-hmm. um, music has just been that outlet for us to um to create and perform and to share our our talents Mm -hmm. um so it's it's been everything i don't i'm not sure i think there are a lot of things i could live without but um not without music and i and i love it because it's it's in our head i don't i don't need anything else if i don't have a way to listen to it i'm making it in my head you know i have a shirt on that says when music i mean when words fail music speaks and it's a Shakespeare mm-hmm. um, statement. And I don't know if we can live without music. I, I, I don't, right. I mean, and as a drummer, I would say everything starts with that heartbeat and that heartbeat yeah. is the first beat of life. So everything is a beat. Everything yep. is, is, you know, yep. you take away the beat, you take away life. And so, uh, so now before I go further, Joy, if someone wants to follow you, how can they do that? Yeah. Um, well, I just sang the song of spelling that was my middle name, but it's Joy Marilee. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my um, M A R I L I E on Instagram. Um, my website is joymarilee dot com, mm-hmm. and I I think you can find me up on 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 YouTube. I have two pages. So I have the music page, which is Joy Marilee Music, mm-hmm. and then the hair blog and family page is called Joy's Journeys. Um, and that's because it kind of travels all the different things that I have gotten into um, with the, in terms of hair and family. Okay. All right. That's wonderful. So you say you're working on another, uh, well, you were thinking about working on another music CD. Where, where are you at with that right now? Um, I say, th- as I developed the early childhood program, mm-hmm. um, I'm starting to create songs for the classes. And I think once I get a good body of songs that I think would make a, a, a good album, I'm going to compile them and put them together. But okay. I say, you know, album creation is, is so different these days because yes. so many people stream. Yes. Um, and so many people get their music. Now that I have a daughter who wants to watch um, Sesame Street music videos over and over and over again, I understand <laughs> right. that so much content being streamed, is, you know, that the, the, the concept of an album, I think, is starting to fade. I know as musicians, we like to create that yeah. singular body of work, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I'm going to wait until I have a full album mm-hmm. to release music. I think I'll slowly do it on my YouTube channel and join the early music channel mm-hmm. as I create it because... Uh, you know, it's just it's just a different world now. So let me ask this now, Brian. I'm gonna ask you this question: um, What type of music do you think should be made for children? Like, what, 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 if you if you could tell me or Joy to write a CD, what would you want to be included in that CD, or what what what, what would it say? What do, what do you think it would be? Um, well, as I said before, I really like like um, Afro mm-hmm. African like music, like yes. Johnny Clegg, uh-huh. R.I.P. He he was a great great guy um i also like miriam akiba like um those oldies type Uh people Uh um let me see so i would like to 
I, if I were to listen to a CD, I would like to hear music sort of like that. Mm-hmm. I also like pop, but like pop nowadays, it's kind of hard to listen to because you don't really know what the lyrics mean. <laughs> right. Um, so I feel like that's also something that I would like to see, as you said, um, adult, adult, adultification in, yes. chil- um, in music. Uh-huh. I would like to see that, bringing that like childish sense back exactly. into it. Exactly. Um, let me see what else. I mean, I'm as I said before, I also like Queen, but Mom just told me that some of their lyrics aren't really appropriate. Yeah. Um, so it's like, <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's just a reality. I mean, yeah. that's great music, but you you do have to. But you know, and as a young person, we just want children to also be aware what we call uh, m- music literacy, so that when you hear it, because you, your parents aren't, aren't going to always be around, mm-hmm. but when you hear something that you know is negative based upon the values that your parents put in you, then there's certain things you should do, tune out to it. I mean, and you're going to mm-hmm. s- experience that in life, that you're going to have to, you know, as you get older, learning the difference between right and wrong and acting on that. And so um, so I think that that's important. And I, I'm going to go back to my on my Facebook page, um, my friend Carletta calling from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Joy has a question for you. She says, can, your, uh, uh, can you speak to the correlation between learning to play a musical instrument to mathematic comprehension? Um, so it's interesting because I, I was just the arts director at a school that focused on, on music and I had a, a, a um, well, sorry, so focused on the art. And the first presentation I did, I kind of got into a, a, a debate, I would say, with the former principal of that school because mm-hmm. um, I know that there's been a lot of research that wants to connect just music in general to math and, and um, or, or with academics in general and a lot of schools will use these connections to the academics as validation for having the art. Yes. And as an arts director, it was my, my job to advocate for the arts. And really, um, I, I believe that people should value the arts for art's sake, not mm-hmm. purely for its connection to academics. Yeah. Because when you, when you use that constant connection, not to say that there isn't one, but when you, when you use that connection all the time, um, I, you know, there was a quote that I read that if you say that the value of music is math, then a school at some point can just say, well, let's just have more math. Okay. That you have to right. find what the intrinsic value is in the arts, and yes, there there are those connections. But a lot of that data, um, there are these two women from Harvard that did a study that showed that a lot of the times when they show that they're you know excelled academics or um, with with students who have studied music, that a lot of times it's because um, schools will only offer music or the you know enrichment to kids who are already performing high academically. And so that data is not always um, accurate. And so, again, it sounds weird that I'm saying that as a person who promotes the arts, but there are so many other skills, which you'd call yeah. like softer, they call non-cognitive skills that are developed right. through pursuing the arts. And those right. tend to be my focus. Um, right. and, and, I, and I would say the benefits in terms of math come so later on. So many people compare it to, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. once you know music, then you'll understand fractions and how to, you know, subdivide numbers and all of those things yes true but that's not going to i, I am saying your child you can have them in a music class at six months old yeah that's right you know, that is that you fractions are not don't come into play at that point well you know um, um i just did, uh, i mentioned daniel ho um i'm, I'm at a uke fest conference and daniel ho is a, mm-hmm. a six-time grammy award-winning uh guitarist and he, he sent me he said mm-hmm. Devin, i want you to sit in on with the song he sent it to me and it was a uh, indian polyne uh po- polyrhythmic song one mm-hmm. one bar was in 
12 8 and the other one was in 9 8 now anybody know about music usually we used to 4 4 1 2 3 4 and then he sat there for about five minutes and explained it okay then you know it's really 10 and a half beats per measured and you can then you add this was 21 and at the end of the day it turned out to be just a, a rhythm in seven but mm-hmm. so there is there a connection there with no matter what the, the music it, there's time signatures and we will learn yeah. that part yeah. of it but i understand your point in terms of from the academic standpoint if we make it yeah. a, a, from an academic component then people will try to limit it uh to to yep. what we what we deal with so i, I but i was blown away because he sent this to me and i'm sitting there like oh my goodness how am i going to play this song it was just it was a yeah. beautiful song though a very and, beautiful but song. and i would say too because i i studied west african dance for many years too and so like i'm i'm a trained classically trained musician so i read notation and think about the same thing with time signatures mm-hmm. but when you um are listening to West African music or a lot of like music, you know, mm-hmm. um, tabla yes. um, from India, like they're not reading. This no. is a feeling. It's, like, it's, you know, it's and, and the count, you have to like, right. and, and so I learned, I remember my, my dance teacher, you know, she wasn't, there was no five, six, seven, eight. Right. It, that did not exist. It was listen for the break. Listen, that's right. Listen, the you drum will it. tell you when to begin. The William, the drum will tell you when to change. It'll tell you when to stop. And so yes. there's, there, and there's just so much about communication to me that's valued. Right. Like, I'm not going to say that West African dance, what I learned that the rhythms were complex. If right. you tried to write it down, it would, yes, it's extremely complex, <laughs> right. but I didn't learn math in there, but I did learn the communication of music. I did have key. to listen. Like you had to, you had to be in tune with the drummer. Yes. To be in tune with you, and the, and to me, those are the skills that were uh, amazing, and not taking away from mm-hmm. you know the the underlying academics, but I just feel like it's so much deeper. I, well, I, I it, to me to say that music is important because of math makes right. I, and just knowing in the world that I was in with state testing and all of those things, yes, yes. that it it's what's saying is what's more important is math, and why music is important is because it teaches you math, and that's what right. I want to move away from. Well, you know, I'm, we got just a couple of minutes left. Um, sure. Joy, give your contact information again on how people can reach you. Yes, I'm on Instagram. Follow me at Joy Marily, M-A-R-I-L-I-E, and J-O-Y, of course, sorry, my first name, Joy Marily. Um, my website, joymarily.com, and on um, YouTube, Joy Marily Music, or Joy's Journeys. Okay. Uh, Brianne, I want to give your contact information again. That's at briannejames513.com. Is that correct? Yes, Spell that it for correct. them. Make it's sure they have it. B-R-I-A-N-N-E. J-A-M-E-S, and then the number is 513.com. Okay, and then also, Shernette, you had mentioned onelovefourkids.com or .org? .org. .org. So onelove for the number four, kids.org. Yes. I want to thank all of you all for making this one of the best shows I've ever, thank ever you. had. Uh, Brianne, I wish you all the best, and this is not to be uh, the, the, uh, the end. This is the beginning of a working relationship uh, that we're going to work with. Joy, thank you again for uh, just all the wonderful work you're doing, and we, and I'm, I'm, I am going to be sending you information about doing that video for No Such Thing as Good or Bad Hair. This is the Uncle Devin Show, <laughs> WOL 1450 AM, and remember, life is a drum, so beat it. <laughs> Thank you.